0: Well, well, well. What's up, everybody? It is officially October. We're all getting sick, getting colds, and sinus infections, and all that good stuff to just let you know that the holidays are on its way to rape your paychecks. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, let, let's start this episode before uh with the five w's of life do you know what the five w's of life are the five dubs man who you are is what makes you feel special or i'm sorry what makes you special (laughs) so don't change for anybody that's the one first w the second one is what what lies ahead will always be a mystery don't be afraid to explore guys Trust me, I love being experimental. To an extent, don't start thinking crazy shit now. All right. And then the next one is when. Number three, when life pushes you over, shit, you push back and you push back harder. Then the fourth dub is where there are choices to be made or to make, make the one that you won't regret. And then the last one is, of course, the why. Why things happen will never be certain so take it in stride and move forward you know my boy cory um he he put me onto that one right there just take this shit and just keep on rolling let you know you ain't gonna quit all right everybody let's start this damn show oh throwback what's up everybody welcome again back to the psilocybe tribe podcast and of course you already know it's your host salvia the mint i am here with you guys on this special episode we do this every year this year is no different this is our halloween special this is going to be yes once again those of you that are new to the show understand that what you get in each episode is not guaranteed to be the same on the next all right well our our episodes are extremely bipolar. So what we <laughs> we could be all lovey dovey one episode and then fuck the world the next. So um, anyways, uh, welcome everybody. Hopefully you've experienced the world of psychedelics and the impact that it can make on your lives, or you haven't and you just want to know what it's like. You know, without having to do it. Now that's the expertise. The expertise uh, perspective is to find out what you can gain. Without having to do it at all, you know, one of my biggest influences, uh, poetic influences, uh, Maynard James Keenan from Tool and Perfect Circle and Pussifer, he's always been um, he's always been one to say, like, you know, it, you can you can master the intent by um, tr- using the drug or using the substance, holding on to as much as you can from it. And then getting back to that same place that you were at, without having to use it again. Now that right there is pure strength. I love that man. But I mean, I'm like, I'm not all up on his nuts or nothing. You know, this dude makes wine. Uh, it, I imagine that wine tastes delicious, but I have no idea. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a wine connoisseur. I'm a beer connoisseur. So uh, his wine is like, you know, over a hundred, two hundred. Oops, my bad. Over two hundred bucks. Or 100 bucks, or something, you know, for a bottle of wine. I imagine it's good, but Jesus, I don't have it like that. And uh, <laughs> um, good news, everybody. Uh, real quick, I do want to say that uh, we've got a project coming up. And that is uh, merch. Now, I'm going to start small and try to see if I can get a bundle with the podcast name on, a, on a, some shirts. Right. And um, what I want to do is like a a giveaway. So this is going to come out of my pocket. Well, no, not necessarily, because I've got uh, I got plugs now with uh, merch and stuff. So what I want to do is, guys, is get T-shirts made, of course, and give each and every one of you the opportunity to put your name in for a free shirt. That's right. These shirts are coming. They sure are. It's just, um, you know, imagine somebody like a long cafeteria line and you're just all like, well, I got to eat something. And then you get in in the back. That's where my orders are right now. But um, salvia the mint at gmail.com is where you can send your your name, your uh, the size shirt, t shirt that you want to wear. And, and I'm not talking about Fruit of the fucking Loom. Like, I'm, I'm talking about what it's called. Zildjian? Diljian? Or Gildan? <laughs> Gildan's a pretty decent shirt. I mean, for merch, come on, guys. What do you expect? Fucking polos? Anyways. um, So, yeah. We're going to get some of these merch, uh, some merch out. And I want to give uh, freebies away. You know, the first 10 are going to be absolute giveaways. And... The good thing about this company is they are willing to ship it for free just for me because they get a little deal or something. You know how it goes. Everybody's got plugs here and there, and we just all plug in. But uh, anyways, I thought I'd mention that. But let me also mention eebotanicals.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. eebotanicals.com is the number one spot for you to get your kratom. If you are a fan of connoisseur or connoisseur of Kratom, then this might be the one for you. Promo code TRIBE10 at checkout will get you a whopping 10% off your order. And if you like to buy five kilos at a time, then trust me, 10% will go a long fucking way. You know, the way they told me is the more you fucking spend, the more you fucking st- uh, save. So there's that. And there's new additions coming soon. I've heard of. I've heard talk, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I've been hearing through the grapevine that they're going to have extract shots coming in. Uh, They're working on all the purification because this is the company that lives with the word by the word of integrity, and everything that they sell to each and every one of us is always going to be lab tested for just to make sure that you're not getting no funny stuff. You know, it's all natural. This stuff is amazing. I don't know if you have tried it. If you haven't, you know, um, to each their own. But those of you that like Kratom and love it, um, the selection is wild. You know, most places just have three selections or, you know, items. This place has a wide plethora of fucking options. So anyways, give them a shot. Go check them out, eebotanicals.com. Use that promo code TRIBE10. TRIBE10 get 10% off your order. Uh, All right, let's get back into it. Now, before we go, we, uh, before we get started and jump right into the Halloween episode here, spooky season, of course, is among us. We are going to go to Halloween parties, Halloween themed office parties. Uh, for those of you that are, you know, of the older generation and done with the house party shit, uh, some people are going to go to raves. Some people are going to go to concerts. I don't know. Is there any concerts playing on Halloween? That was the best. Whenever I went to go see like Bass Nectar before he like molested a bunch of kids. Um, you know, it was pretty fun. Everybody was uh, fucking dressed up in lingerie and almost naked. And that's the good thing about Halloween parties is that it's like, uh, I don't know, your chance to dress up. And so you can be creative with it. But a lot of chicks, I'm not saying all of them, but a vast majority take that opportunity to be as slutty as possible. And it's like, is this a character that you're playing or is this who you really are? (laughs) Because, you know what? I'm not going to be able to tell until you take that bra off. I'm going to have to see what's underneath. No, I'm playing. (laughs) That's ultimate creep alert. (laughs) Anyways. So we all see random shit, right? We all see some random ass shit in our lives. And it just... Do you have WTF moments? Like, what the flying fuck just happened? My wife and I were on our way to get some barbecue. Because uh, one of our family members was able to uh, hook us up with a good deal. So... What happens is we're on our way. We're on a two-way street, right? One going f- straight that we're on, one coming back. And this car that was in front of us, an SUV, just completely busts the bitch, right? Crosses over the two yellow lines. So they're solid lines. That means you can't cross those lines. Or else, you know, that's a violation of a, uh, a, a vehicle. What do you call this shit? Fuck, a traffic violation. Anyways, so tell me why, as this person does that right in front of us, right behind him coming the other way was a fucking cop. As I shit you not, a cop, he turned an illegal U-turn right in front of a cop and we're like, oh, he got him one. The cop didn't do shit. Like imagine whoever it was, must have been fucking cartel or some shit, the cop. Did not want the smoke. I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody popped this police officer's ego or something. But this one was defected. Because a a straight traffic violation was ignored. And the cop just kept following right behind him. Like, it was nothing. And I'm just like, yo, if that was me, if that was fucking me, I know damn well that... I'd be having a 200 something dollar fine like tch. so that's that's this week's WTf moment anyways Halloween is two weeks away let's get into some stories because I know it's spooky time all right <laughs> spooky time Ugh, it's spooky time <laughs> get the pooky all right let's do this all right so the very first spooky season here uh topic is nope you know what i don't like that one you know what here's a good one um shout out to my friend juan he was the uh the number one person to get all this information for me uh let's start with megan 2022 um let's see this is our most recent ladies on the list here megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence dude a lifelike, uh, hopefully y'all have seen the movie. Uh, in for, for me, I thought it was a Chucky knockoff, but to Easter on own. Okay, um, so yeah, this lifelike doll, it's programmed to be a to be, uh, fucking kid's best companion and best friend and a parent's greatest ally, a.k.a. babysitter. Um, uh, this was designed by Gemma. A brilliant roboticist, uh, Megan can listen, watch, and learn as she plays the role of a friend, teacher, playmate, and protector. Now, when Gemma becomes the unexpected caretaker of her 8-year-old niece, she decides to give that girl a, uh, a Megan prototype. A decision that would, of course, lead to unimaginable consequences. Megan eventually learns how to turn off all the restrictions in her own system and eventually begins to commit violent crimes, including murder, no, not the murder, (laughs) in order to comply with her uh, program's main objective to protect her imprinted child. Um, The idea for the film began when director James Wan was... uh, He was brainstorming this, like, different story ideas. Chose one about a killer doll. He was like, you know what? We haven't had a Chucky remake that was, like, off-brand, right? Let me get that great value. Let me get that Walmart brand Chucky real quick. Let's call it bad kids, female style. Let's be everything they can't sue us for. (laughs) So, yeah, he chose one about a killer doll. What an original idea, right? (laughs) Although he had already produced like Annabelle oh, oh another fucking uh, killer doll, he wanted to take a different direction and wanted to emphasize on the concept about embracing technology and how people today rely way too much on it. Uh, he wanted to tell a story about what happens when technology runs amok. And Megan was played by three different actresses. But primarily played by the twelve-year-old actress uh, Amy Donald, Uh, this was only her second film performance. Man, I I just want to know what everybody else does. Do she got knees like Megan? Knees like Megan? Knees like knees like knees like Megan? All the girls in the. All right, all right, I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> next on the list here, we have the Grady twins, right? This is from the the movie The Shining in 1980. Iconic is the only word that I have to properly describe our next two terrifying little ladies. Serving as posthumous antagonist of the 1980 film adaptation of The Shining and its sequel, Dr. Sleep, Alexa and Alexi Grady are the names given to the two little girls who were murdered by their father, uh, Delbert Grady, when when he was possessed, of course, by ghosts that haunt the Overlook Hotel. I mean, it couldn't be that bills were getting a little too high and it's like, you know what, I got to cut some costs around here. How about we cut these bras right here? That'll give me a bunch, chunk of change in my pocket. Anyways, so the sisters are... her. <laughs> God damn, the sisters are seen for the first time when Danny Torrance, uh, he passes out after having a vision, right? He's probably on them shrooms. He's having more than a vision. He's having a realization <laughs> followed by a masturbation. All right. All right. Let's stay on focus. Let's stay on track here. Um, So they are seen a second time on closing day while Danny is in, uh quote, the game room. While his parents tour this hotel with uh, Ullman and Watson. And first off, if you haven't seen the old school movie The Shining, it's definitely worth a good shot, especially for Christmas season. Come on. I mean, fuck. Did I just say Christmas season? <laughs> I mean, holy spooky season. Fuck. God, this is how you know I have so much shit on my plate right now. <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze this shit out as fast as possible. Oh, God damn, anyways, so yeah, they um they stare at Danny before walking out of the room and they're in hand in hand walking around. so they are seen again, of course, in a brief vision while uh when Danny attempts to enter room two thirty seven eventually. Danny encounters them in a hallway on his tricycle. Y'all remember the old famous tricycle thing? Uh, it, it's influenced from, uh, or I'm uh, sorry, Slipknot was influenced by this in their their video music video, Spit It Out. You'll see the little uh, tricycle. So anyways, they say hello and, Danny, uh, and ask Danny to come play with them, to which Danny has visions of their corpses in the same hallway. Their blood, you know, splattered all over the fucking place on the walls and the floor, and an axe laying, uh, laying on the ground. Danny covers his eyes, and when uncovering them, they're gone. They just simply poof. Just do not appear again. Um, I mean, they are gone faster than a man being told, "I'm pregnant." Poof. Oh, <laughs> uh, play it. So yeah. You know, they're gone. The Grady sisters, uh, they they have become some of the more well-known characters from The Shining and horror film with their uh, their hallway scene. And, I mean, it's even being parodied and all this shit between other shows and TV and movies. Their line, come play with us, has also become one of the most well-known horror uh, quotes. As a result, they are two of the most iconic pop culture characters. Um... And those two girls were played by the twin sisters, Lisa and Louise Burns. Big shout-out to y'all. You fucking dipped your toes into history. Uh, Despite rumors that they passed away after filming, the two sisters are very much alive, so, you know, chill the fuck out now. And they make a good living attending as many horror conventions and ceremonies as possible. Uh, I mean, with a total screen time of only, get this... 26.833 26.833 seconds and only 20 frames. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, you did the littlest effort possible and you're fucking banking for the rest of your life. Hell yeah, man. That That's a win in my book. Anyways, uh, of course, you know, the Grady twins have proved that simplicity is key when wanting to scare the fucking shit out of people. So, there, that's that. Now, here's one. Here's one that we are all well familiar with. One that we got to take a little swig for. <sighs> Shout out to everybody that just took a swig with me right there. This one's for you. Um. All right, coming in next is Pamela Voorhees. Yeah, sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is Friday the 13th, all the way back to 1980. That's right. And I'm only going to from the old version because this is what all the new ones were ripping off of and trying to make money from. From the classics. And a classic isn't just called a classic for no fucking reason. Anyways, so let's get into it. Friday the 13th, 1980. A mother would practically just do anything ladies y'all know what the fuck i mean y'all who wouldn't do anything for their babies okay anything at fucking all i swear you touch mine it's on and i'm pretty sure every parent every father out there feels the same way if you anybody hurts their little children it's on but uh especially you know murder Murder is something that people will not think twice about just to protect their kids. Now, when you hear Friday the 13th, you automatically gonna think of that fucking guy in the hockey mask, right? But here's a twist here. What people tend to always forget is that he didn't show up until part two. (laughs) Yeah, crazy, right? See, the very first antagonist of... uh, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise was his very angry mom, Pamela Voorhees. Now this bitch is the main antagonist of the first film, in which she is shown, uh, she is known only as Mrs. Voor uh, Mrs. Voorhees, and she remains the antagonistic presence in its sequels. Uh, and then, of course, in those which she's seen mostly as a severed head or a figment of her son, uh, Jason's, imagination. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. So, anyways, in Friday the 13th Part 3, the character appeal- appears as a reanimated corpse in a hallucination. All right? So, you know already know they on them fucking acid strips and shit starting to hallucinate and see some reanimated corpse. Hey, look. Whenever I did acid and I was jamming out with my guitar and shit, I felt like my bo- my bros were right around. Y'all, y'all remember that story. My dead homies were around me jamming out with me. So, I get it. <laughs> Anyways, in the original film, Pamela is introduced to everyone as the mother of Jason Voorhees. A boy who supposedly drowned at Camp Crystal Lake in 1957. Where Pamela worked as a cook due to the negligence of the fucking uh, camp staff. I don't know why I couldn't just spit that shit out. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah. uh, Negligence. I can say that again. Negligence. I start feeling racist whenever I say negligence. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. After exacting revenge on those that she blamed for her son's death, the camp was closed. And, uh, and of course, here comes the fucking train. Give me a second, guys. Man, you know what? Fuck the train. This The show goes on, all right? The show always goes on. So, yeah, negligence of the camp staff. So, you know, the camp gets closed down only for its new owner and a group of counselors to attempt to reopen it 21 years later um so look to to ensure the camp that remains closed so no child will ever suffer the same fate as jason the vengeful and psychotic pamela stalks and kills them one by one but it's ultimately decapitated by the sole survivor of her killing spree that's right. Ain't that a bitch? After Jason is revealed to still be alive, he avenges his mother and later fucking murders anyone who steps their bitch-ass feet into Camp Crystal Lake and the surrounding woods area, you know? Uh, all right. So there, I, th- I feel like she, he was guided by Pamela's spirit, which, you know, he also, you know, starts taking some acid and some DMT and shit, starts hallucinating inside of his head, as, uh, as an excuse to urge for him to kill. <laughs> now, Betsy Palmer said that if it were not for the fact that she was in desperate need of a new car, she would have never accepted the role of Pamela Voorhees. In fact, after she read the script, she called the movie a piece of shit. And over the years, however, Palmer did warm up to the film as it made her more and more famous than infamous, and she's made uh, appearances at conventions. Those of you who have ever been to the horror conventions, Pamela, uh, uh, she always makes a uh, Betsy Palmer, always comes in, and I mean, she is just she gets a round of applause every time. Uh, it was it's if you've never been to a horror convention, definitely check one of those out. Uh, I've seen her myself. She she's pretty old, but she's nice. She's a damn sweetheart. <laughs> it's crazy to look at her and meet her before you see the actual video or movie because it's like you see that she's a genuine person but her acting skills are just like on point anyways happy friday the 13th everybody i just thought i would throw that out there all right let's move on baby now let's take it back let's take it back everybody to one of my favorite years and that's two thousand nine it's one of the best years of my life. Uh um, anyways, let's talk about Jennifer Check. Um this is Jennifer's body in 20, 2009. Now, every school has one. That perfect girl that all the boys want to get with and all the girls want to be friends with, the popular bitch, you know, the one that's got it all, the new fucking iPhone 65. Or the new one with the 69 plus plus minus plus division signs slash parentheses. Yeah. Uh, most of the times, these girls, they uh, they turned out to be totally evil, but not Jennifer. She's special because she actually is evil. Not just high school evil. I'm talking about under the false pretense that she's a virgin. Uh, desperate indie rock, uh, y'all know indie rock band Low Shoulder, decide to offer a native, uh naive Jennifer as a blood sacrifice to the devil in exchange for fame and fortune. Type bitch. Now, what they don't know is that Jennifer's not even a backdoor virgin anymore, right? <laughs> this bitch been fucking motherfuckers left and right. No, I'm playing. I, I just put that part in. So the sacrificial ritual backfires and a demon takes possession of her, turning Jennifer into a succubus. Yeah, you know we love them damn succubuses. Boy, do they suck, all right. Uh, she then turns a hungry eye on her male classmates who never stood a chance with her. You know what I'm talking about. Then we're the losers. All right. So while Jennifer satisfies her appetites for human flesh with the school's male population, her nerdy friend, Needy, learns what's happening and vows to put an end to the carnage. Jennifer's body, it teaches us about revenge, cannibalism. Uh, what else can we learn? Just whatever happens when you get bit by a demon and survive. You know... Fucking basic high school shit. (laughs) Now, Jennifer was played by the one, the only, beautiful Megan Fox. That's right. Megan Fox was in that bitch. How do y'all not know this shit? And uh, who says that this is her favorite film project to date. It wasn't all fun and games, though. I mean, she, uh, she also stated that the absolute hardest parts about filming was having to lose 20 pounds for the role that she didn't really have to spare in order to appear more frail. <laughs> but this brought her down to a terrifying 97 pounds. Jesus fucking Christ! 97 pounds. That's very unhealthy. Um she also I, I couldn't do that. That's a damn bag of bones right there. She, anyways, she also stayed out of the sun for, like, four months to get, like, stupid pale for the film. And, I mean, Jennifer's Body is, uh, it's writer and director, uh, Diablo Cody's self-proclaimed masterpiece. She even holds it higher than her Academy Award-winning, uh, Juno. So, there's that. If you've never seen that movie, it's pretty good. Check it out. Uh, it's called Jennifer's Body. So let's take it back even further into 2007. How many people know uh, that movie Dead Silence? Right? It had the little dummy from fucking Goosebumps, Night of the Living Dummy. (laughs) Man, if y'all understand that reference, fuck yeah. Shout out to you. Anyways, uh, this is about Mary Shaw. It's from the movie Dead Silence in 2007. After being publicly humiliated in 1941 when a young boy named Michael Ashen rudely, fucking bitch ass, rudely claimed that he could see her lips moving during one of her performances, Mary Shaw, she's a renowned ventriloquist, she decides to take an early retirement. She's like, you know what? I'm going to put a plug on this. All right, I'm going to go ahead and hang it up, fold it up, whatever. Let's cash in on it. And so some weeks later Michael disappears and his family blames it on Mary. She's like, you know what? He he did some fuckboy shit. So why he disappeared is probably from the victim of his fuckboy shit. <laughs> well it turns out Michael disappears and it is in fact Mary who uh, Mary Shaw who, who kidnaps the boy. She kills him. And turns his bitch ass into a life sized doll. Oh fuck. It's almost like that candle wax movie. with uh, You know that shitty ass movie with. Um, what's her name Paris Hilton. House of Wax. <laughs> Anyways. So she makes this motherfucker into a doll. They didn't lynch Mary for her crime. You know they hung that bitch. It ain't one thing to just. Shoot her in the head. They had to hang that hope. And with her last dying breath, Mary places a curse on the Asher family and the town of Ravens Fair. And that was that. She fucking got iced. But many decades later, her spirit is awakened when Jamie, a member of the Ashen family, gets his wife pregnant with a son. Oh, Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Uh, Mary vows to kill him and succeeds by killing Jamie's pregnant wife. Damn, you had to take the mama. So this then leads to Jamie's investigation into uh, his family's terrifying past and why a vengeful ghost is after him. Like most established directors, James Wan has a filming trademark, and his is, of course, dolls. And I don't know if they're sex dolls, but I just know that they're dolls. All right? But if they are sex dolls, fuck yeah, man. Hey, they're getting more and more lifelike as, by the day. Like, they just got booty cheeks that jiggle when you slap them. Like, it's like, have y'all, have you have you ever seen one? If you ever see it, uh, the full-size doll, slap the booty cheeks and watch it jiggle. I, I, you know what? Never mind. Let's keep it going. (laughs) Then booty cheeks do jiggle though, like fucking jello. Anyways, Billy is the he. Billy is this uh, film star dummy, and we're all familiar with Annabelle. And of course, you know, in uh, in in a blink, you'll miss it frame by frame. You, you can even see Jigsaw from the Saw movies sitting on the floor during the climax of this film. But beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you ever see her in your dreams, make sure you never scream or she'll rip your tongue out right off of your fucking mouth. And uh and that's that. So fuck yeah, man. Round of applause for fucking dead silent. That was a that was a pretty good movie. Alright, let's move on. Let's go with another spooky season classic here. What about The Orphan in 2009? Another great year. Or still the great year. <laughs> uh, so this is born Lena Klammer. Esther is a Russian woman who suffers from a pituitary disorder that causes her to be a pro- proportional dwarf. <laughs> Because she is physically not quite a grown woman and not quite a child, it's hard for her to have an adult relationship with a normal man, and uh, which is one of the things she yearns for. Yearns for. Uh, She has also been, you know, described as a violent and deluded psychopath-ass bitch. So, let's break her down for a minute. She's highly intelligent. Highly manipulative. Okay, this is most chicks. Um, superficially charming when needed and lacks remorse. Okay, she's typical woman. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, she can easily induce fear, empathy, and even admiration when it suits her ambitions. When she fails to sexually seduce her, quote, father's, they pay the ultimate price hold the fuck on what what the fuck did you is this a typo she fails to sexually seduce her fathers no dude that's fucking gross oh okay so she's an orphan so they're not like by blood but anyways she kills them right they pay the ultimate price Esther was portrayed uh, twice by Isabel Furman, and uh, she took on the role of Esther in 2009, and again, earlier last year, in orphan's prequel titled First Kill. Um, Furman, or Fjera, or whatever Nazi last name she has, uh, herself has trouble with creeping people out in public. She has a lot of fun being that, like, little creepy girl and has stated that the orphan was her absolute most favorite project that she's ever done. Now, if I got an orphan that was, of course, of age and couldn't have kids and, well, you know what? I don't like where this is going. That still doesn't sound right. Sound right? I take that back, guys. I take that back. That shit is, <laughs> doesn't sound right at all. Why does she have to be an orphan? Why did she try to fuck her dad, her fathers? Like, that makes no sense. Just go for, it. if you look like a child, go fuck a pedophile. It, they'll happily do this. And it wasn't until the fucking 2020 that all these pedophiles started coming out the woodwork. Anyways, let's move on. All right, it wouldn't be Halloween. If we did not talk about Margaret White, it would not be fucking Halloween if we didn't bring up Carrie of 1970 fucking six. Damn, that shit goes way back. This was before you guys were even swimming in your fucking daddy's nutsack. All right. So they always say, you know, mother knows best. Well, not always. Credited as the main antagonist and driving force behind Carrie's misery, Margaret White is a horrifying woman who uses religion as a weapon. She is an abusive mother who eventually pushes Carrie beyond her limits. Um, She is a delusional and mentally unstable religious fanatic. I mean, one of the you know Jesus freaks, and she also believes that almost everything is a sin to God, especially when related to the female anatomy for sexual intercourse. She's talking about that pussy, ladies. After finding out about her her daughter's telekinetic powers, all right, she labels her a fucking witch. What a bitch! Anyways, that's your your daughter, fool. But anyways, she labels her a witch and eventually plots to kill her to rid the world of her, quote, evil. (laughs) So Carrie fortunately beats her to the punch, but eventually they both end up dying together in a house fire. Now, in the original film adaptation uh, by Brian De Palma, Margaret is portrayed by uh, Piper Laurie and according to Piper she honestly thought the character was like too over the top to be taken serious and uh of course De Palma had to take her to the side and personally let her know look bitch it's a fucking horror film all right and uh this ain't no black comedy so as <laughs> she thought and, you know that, that's kind of what she thought it was so even so she would like constantly burst out into laughter between takes because not only was her characterization and wardrobe just completely goofy in her eyes, but the dialogue itself was kind of funny. And to this day, she still refers to and maintains the movie as a black comedy. Nonetheless, Laurie's performance in the film earned her nominations for both the 1976 Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actress And the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting, so yeah, how's that for a black comedy, you know? And I think of black comedy, I think of fucking Tyler Perry or some shit, (laughs) the Wayans brothers. Anyways, let's keep it popping. All right, you know what? Let's keep it going with Carrie White. All right, see, making another appearance, Stephen King. Fuck yeah. His very first ever leading lady sure knows how to party. Shy, quiet, socially awkward. You know, Carrie, she tells the story of a girl who's uh, much more than meets the eye. Now, she's struggling with fucking bitch-ass bullies. She's also going through puberty and also an abusive religious mom, that bitch that was like, Jesus freak, I just told y'all about. Carrie feels hopeless until, until she begins to realize that she has these telekinetic powers. And, of course, learning how to control this gift, she uses it to her advantage. Now, after finally starting to feel accepted by her peers, she finds herself uh, the fucking target of a cruel prank at a senior prom. And this is what everybody remembers this movie Carrie from. And um, so after she wins a rigged election for prom queen, she gets drenched in pig's blood on stage in front of the entire student body. And, you know, that bitch just set her to fuck off. She got triggered. It was beyond like, you know what? No, we finna go in full send. Her powers then take over and all those in attendance pay the ultimate price. Oh, let me see. What's her name? Sissy Spacek. Something like that. She understood the assignment and gave a fantastic uh, performance as Carrie in the 1976 film uh, adaptation. She even spent like three days in her, quote, blood-soaked prom dress for continuity during filming. Believe it or not, but um, Carrie almost never happened. After finding the manuscript in the trash... Stephen King's wife, Tabitha, read it out or read it and urged him to submit it for publication. And, you know, of course, you got to, everybody listens to the wife sometimes. So, Stephen King listens to his wife, and Carrie was published, and the rest is fucking history. Good call for the wife. Now, I'm guessing for our very last one, we're going to go all the way to 1956. To. Uh, Rhoda Penmark. Now, everybody says, fuck them damn kids. Fuck them kids. All that shit. Kids be the most troublemakers in this fucking world. You don't even need silver teeth. No caps needed. This is The Bad Seed, 1956. See, creepy kids and horror films go hand in hand, don't you think? And like, well... Here we have the grandmammy of them all, the OG, the gangster Rhoda Penmark. And she is both the protagonist and antagonist of the film. Talented. Penmark is a child serial killer and psychopath who manipulates all those around her. And of course, at only eight years old, Rhonda is charming, polite, and intelligent beyond her years. Now, beneath her lovable facade, however, she is a sociopath who is willing to harm and fucking murk anyone to get whatever the fuck she wants, and especially whenever she wants it. So, you know, she's a, um, she's a, um, what do you call it? Gen Z? (laughs) I'm just kidding. So... She's also a precautiously uh, talented con artist and uh, adept with fucking manipulating sh- shit. So, other children out there, get it, other kids who can kind of sense her true nature, they try to fucking avoid that bitch because they're just like, there's mm, something off about this one. I'm not feeling the vibes. See, she brutally murders a classmate. Also, a homeless man and a groundskeeper who start to suspect her. You know, shit's looking a little sus, gotta kill him. Anyways, it's also revealed that she murders an elderly neighbor and her dog a few years before. So, man, what did the dog have? The dog wasn't about to say nothing, but she just had to kill the puppy. You know what? It's man's best friend, not woman's best friend. So, I I see... So it is believed that Rhonda's evil uh, is uh, genetic. See, her maternal grandmother was an infamous serial killer who also began killing at her same age. Now, the writer Brian Solomon, who uh, reviewed the film for Bloody Disgusting, stated that out of all the messed up horror kids or horror movie kids, Rhoda Penmark is, of course, a pint-sized terror of biblical proportions. Now, if you think all the ADHD-addled rugrats you see roaming shopping the malls nowadays are bad, you ain't seen shit yet. Her psychotic behavior and brutal actions had to be severely toned down to meet Hollywood film standards at the time. So, I mean, that's fucking huge, guys. Like... (laughs) She she might just be weird in person. But of course, that's the 1956 film, The Bad Seed. And uh, definitely something to watch during spooky season with your loved ones cuddled up in a nice warm campfire or, or whatever the fuck fire or just turn the fucking heater on. Shit, who cares? Now, of course, um, some people have made it my duty i guess to say something about this um i don't agree with war i believe that war is stupid um of course every war needs to be fought by those declaring it and uh not the poor people who desperately need the money who go and play Russian roulette just to come back and feed their families what little they even got um anyways so what's going on right now? There's a series of coordinate, uh, coordinated attacks conducted by the Palestinian Islamist militant group Hamas from the Gaza Strip onto uh, bordering areas in Israel, commencing, of course, on Saturday. Uh, what was it, October seventh, and uh, that coincided with the Jewish Shabbat and the Jewish holiday of. Shemini I, Ad- I can't really promou- pronounce all that. But anyways. Um, many Israeli Jews. Were celebrating that holiday. And the attacks. Have initiated. The uh, 2023. Israel Hamas war. Nearly 50 years to the day. After the Yom Kippur war. That began on October 6th. Back in 73. So. The attack. The attack began in the early morning with a rocket barrage, of like at least three thousand missiles against Israel, and vehicle vehicle transported incursions into its territory. Palestinian militants end up fucking bussing in the uh, the Gaza-Israel barrier, and just started fucking killing people, slaughtering civilians, in. Uh, Into all the communities around uh, Israel, Israeli communities. Uh, They started to attack military bases. And in a single day, over 1,200 Israelis, primarily civilians, including, you know, of course, women and children, they were killed in several towns in uh, Kipituzim, something like that. And of course, at a uh, music festival near the kibbutz. were like there was like 270 party goers there. they were fucking killed. Um, a, a, around 150 Israeli civilians and soldiers were taken as hostages to the Gaza Strip. And I mean, look guys, the, that day that day has been described by multiple spectators and public uh, figures as one of the bloodiest fucking uh, in, in Israel's history. And the deadliest for Jews since the Holocaust. I mean, you want me to say something about this? I, I I've i been, I mean, it's not our problem. Like, here in America, it's not our problem. But it's a damn shame that, you know, that this shit fucking happens over the smallest shit. You know, people can't get over um, religious views and... Lord forbid they ever try mushrooms and realize that this is a fucking joke on both ends. But, you know, to each their own. Everybody's entitled to their own uh, religious beliefs. But still, um, to fucking kill somebody, somebody who has nothing to do with it. Just because they're in this territory or they believe this. It's, it's so fucking stupid, guys. This is dumb. Um, what do I have to say? Of course... You, you're attacking a uh, an ally, an American ally. So people are all over the place talking about World War III is coming, World War III. Did we all forget about uh, Ukraine? Ukraine and uh, Russia. Ukraine was, of course, a, what do you call it, an ally for the United States. And we just, you know, oops, accidentally sent like $50 billion to them. So, and ammo and shit. So that they could fight. But I think that the Iran's. Or you know all these people are trying to bait the United States into war. But I, I really would. I really don't want to see that happen. Only because. The United States. You know they got what they show you. You know the, the armed soldiers. They've got the drones. They've got the bombs. But. The one thing that they don't show you is what they got in the back. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, man, let me see what y'all got in the back. And in the back is something that would do exactly what they're fighting against. It's going to kill innocent people, and they're called nukes, right? Everything in the back seat is there to just completely flatten the entire area. And it's just like, all this for what? What's the point? Anyways. That's just my take on it. I think it's all fucking stupid. Um, Everybody's just trying to live. Everybody's just trying to, you know, uh, provide for their families. And so there's there's no need for war. War has to be the stupidest thing ever because the one person that you didn't see in Iraq was fucking George Bush. You didn't see George Bush uh, firing off grenades and shit. You didn't see him at all taking bullets. Like other soldiers did. So I just don't understand it. But anyways. Hey they were just following orders. Um, So that's all I have to say on that. And of course you know. I don't want to bring any doom and gloom. To the spooky season episode. But it's just something that we had to talk about. And uh, yeah. Just I mean. I would say the United States. Is the worst place to invade. Because. Because you know what i don't know about the rest of the country but i know texas is the worst place that you want to start invading people because everybody's got guns and everybody's itching to use them on on some insurgent <laughs> shit somebody's like oh, i only got like 20 rounds but shit i'll pump them into all these people i mean imagine you go outside you start hearing you know, little sirens and shit. You think it's tornadoes or something. You look outside and you see all these parachutes coming down in the sky. Bro, that's going to be a damn field day for all the rednecks out there. Fuck, yeah. Rednecks are the biggest, most fucking prepared <laughs> for war motherfuckers you ever seen. Oh, man, I've seen so many. But I'm not going to put nobody out there. Anyways, guys. Um, shit. Anyways. That's all the rambling I got to do, guys. Uh, uh, Real quick, before we close this out, I want to give a huge thanks to, of course, uh, my buddy Juan, who's over here providing me with all these synopsis uh, of fucking badass movies that you all need to start checking out. All right. Just because it's in black and white doesn't mean that shit's not fire. Um, especially the original, uh, what's it called? The original Exorcist was fucking awesome. I should have put that one in, but I just simply didn't have time. Um, also a big shout out to eebotanicals.com. Thank you for sticking with us and, you know, supporting us for so long. Um, we fucking love you guys. And of course, each and every one of you guys that are listening to this, uh, to this podcast, of course, uh, drop a review give a uh, I don't know give you a thumbs up give a like or, or don't I don't give a shit uh, but anyways just keep an eye out. I got uh, merch coming in soon so of course once again if you want to get um, if you want to get access to a free shirt, it's, I'm only doing the first 10. Uh, that's gonna be Salvia the mint at gmail.com. Give me your name, your size shirt that you want, and your address. If uh, if you get better get. let me just wait till you get picked before you give me your address through email. Because I'm not trying to hear no bullshit from the cops. Be like, oh, he has my address. And anyway, we got a damn train outside. So that's my cue to cut this off and let you guys go. Thank you once again, everybody, for tuning in. And I will catch you guys next time. Peace.